0: Embrace the rebels within us and more deeply come to explore the complex and agitated edges of our existence. Now, before we get started, please don't be a rebel yet and grab your phone and hit that little button that says subscribe. Thank you because your dreams don't build themselves. What's up? And welcome back to the Dream Mason podcast. I'm your host, Alex Terranova. September 30th. 2020, and today is one of those days where I don't want to talk about what's going on in the world. So there's no lead up. I'm I am like almost sickened and repulsed by uh, so much of what's going on. And uh, today I was just telling my guests before before I introduced them, I was like, man, I had to do an extra long meditation this morning because I just had to like calm my nervous system. I had to settle myself down. And he basically said the same thing back to me that he also does that. But I think it's a great reminder that, you know, if you're a coach, if you're a leader, you know, we got to do the work, man. We got to do the work to like take care of ourselves so we can support other people. I knew I was coming on this podcast this morning and I felt kind of like angry and frustrated and pissed off and disgusted. And I had all these just feelings. And I was like irresponsible to come on here with all of that you know, and just throw that onto the space. You know, my guests don't deserve that. My clients don't deserve that. I don't actually deserve to be carrying that around. And I think a lot of us, you know, we all know the world is riddled with anxiety. And I think it's our job to do our best to try to like calm that. And meditation for me, at least has been a great way. So this morning, I did like a 25 minute guided meditation on like love and light, just like trying to like be like peaceful and open and not judgmental and not angry. Um, I think it worked a little bit. (laughs) Uh, Let me introduce our guest today. Uh, I think our guest uh, has a lot of Good things to share with us specifically about speaking. I just launched a new program That'll be open to the public probably in the near future That's all about speaking and getting loud and amplifying your voice in the world and showing up more powerfully Whether it be through speaking or podcasting or writing um, So I hope to learn a little bit more here so I can share with those people with people in the program um, And I know everyone listening to this you're you're up to something you're not sitting at home on the couch doing nothing listening to me so you'll be able to take some of this into whatever you are up to. My guest is a successful podcast host. He's the host of the Successful Life Podcast. He's a keynote speaker. He recently spoke with Charlie Rocket. If you follow me, you look at my Instagram, you know about Charlie Rocket because I talk about him all the time. That guy is, guy's living on another planet in a good way. Uh, We all need some Charlie Rocket energy in our life. But he spoke with him at an event called um, Choose Love, and he is a sales consultant. He helps people improve their video presence. He's also in a small private coaching group that I'm curious to learn more about with Andy Frasilla and Ed Milet. Those guys, you know, if you know about them, you know who they are. If you don't know about them, you should look them up. They are their coaches, their motivational speakers. Even more than that, they're very successful entrepreneurs um, and people that get you know people really excited and inspired about life. And I think he's going to give us a little bit about fear too. I think we're going to get into that because I think fear comes in a lot into sales. I'm really excited to welcome Corey Barrier to the show today. How are you, Corey? I'm good. What's up, brother? Good, man. I see you. You know, I meditated in a chair looking out the window at some horses, which is pretty peaceful. And I can see you. You're sitting under a tree like the Buddha. Uh, <laughs> how you doing?
1: <laughs> I'm doing great, man. It's so beautiful in North Carolina right now, dude. The leaves are about to change. and like the airs crisp. It's just gorgeous, man. Just gorgeous.
0: Nice. I like that you're taking this, this podcast and doing this outside. It's not like the norm, most people, right, wouldn't do this. Uh, What, do you often do, do you work from outside often? Do you like take opportunities to be outside? Does it help you? Like what inspired you to get out and sit under a tree to record with me today?
1: I would love to tell you that I was inspired come and sit out in front of this tree because I wanted to meditate and chill out but I've already done my meditation today but to answer your question I love being outside why because dude you this is the, the trees put off the very thing that we need to i think i've got that right am i right we we breathe out the oxygen the trees turn it into something else but
0: i just feel
1: <laughs> yeah right
0: yeah I was this about, is not wait right. let's just let's just get really clear this is not a science <laughs> podcast if you came here to learn about science you're in the wrong place but just to <laughs> just to we breathe out carbon dioxide the trees turn it into oxygen which we breathe in like there you so but i know what you mean
1: (laughs) yeah so you know there's something about being outside that turned my brain on right well excluding the fact of the oxygen thing my brain was not on for that um but you know when i come outside man i just feel like the trees the green i just Feel like my brain needs this right I I don't know how to explain it the sunlight you get the melatonin uh which obviously uh melatonin serotonin right melatonin helps you go to sleep at night serotonin helps you to wake up and believe it or not sunlight affects both of those uh you get both from sunlight and so I think because I mean I'm I've I've been I'm a healthy person dude I've been in Health and fitness forever. I was a trainer for a decade, so like I just try to take care of myself, right? I just try to take care of myself every way that I possibly can, you know?
0: Yeah, I want to remind everyone: this is not a science podcast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, um, absolutely not, and, and
0: I'm and, and I'm and I'm joking here, but yeah, <laughs> no, I'm with you, man. I don't need to even know why. I know that, you know, when I'm outside, I feel better. I work more calmly. Um, Sometimes I get, like, I think there's a mental piece. I used to work outside all the time. And my business, this was probably like three years ago, and my business was, was not in the place that it is now. And I remember my coach said to me, hey, when you get your business to the place that you want it to be, then go work outside. But you need to be like disciplined right now and you don't get to just like, and it was a really interesting take. He wasn't really like making me do that. He was like reflecting like, hey, you're sitting by a pool living the life, but you're not building your business. So what's the commitment? And I was, and I, and I started using going outside as a reward, right? Like if I got a client, I could work outside for a week. If I didn't get a client, I had to work from inside. And then now that I've built my business over the last three years, where the, fir- the first few years, right, it's like any business, it was tough. And then you get to that, mid- that kind of moment in the middle where you're like, oh, it's growing, there's something happening, but you still have those like, big pitfalls and big wins. And then since then, it's been very like, smooth and calm. So now it's, it's, I mean, I podcast from inside because of sound, but I work from outside all the time. And it's actually like a deal breaker for me. If I have to work inside, I start to like my energy gets lower. I start to kind of feel like sadder. I don't think I'm as like engaged for my clients. Um, and I think it's not just the sun, it's the sun, it's the air. It's the, we're supposed, I think there's a, we're supposed to be outside. You know, we're human beings, we're part of nature, we're not separate from it. That's right. And I think, dude, if I'm being
1: totally honest, I think that's probably, in fact, I know that's why people lot of times, uh let's just say over the last six months have felt not as good about themselves and they and and a lot of people are suffering from depression and you mentioned anxiety and a lot of that comes from being cooped up inside dude it just does
0: yeah it's a great point and some of us right are not as fortunate as others to like if you live in like you know new york city or chicago and you live in a building you know, in a, in, the, in, the, in a building in the city, you don't necessarily have a place to go. You can't just like walk out your door and be outside, right? It's a hallway. You go out in front of your building and there's a million people, depending on, right? Like if you're, you know, you where you are, you just walked outside of your office. There's a parking lot. There's like a lot of greenery. I can basically walk outside and have a lot of space. I'm, I'm lucky for that where I am in California. Um, And I think, I actually wonder how many people, because I know, right, depression's on the rise, anxiety's on the rise with this. How many people are actually not giving themselves that thing, like, I recognized this morning, right, I wasn't in a good place mentally, and so I made myself sit down and meditate and took extra time for it. I wonder how many people could be outside, right? They live in a house with a backyard. They might not like their backyard. Maybe they have a stoop. And maybe, you know, maybe they're in a city and they got like a, you know, a stoop in front that they it's not that they can go interact with neighbors or be with people, but they could sit out on their stoop. They could sit in their backyard. And even if it's a crappy backyard, it would still be outside.
1: That's so true. Alex, you know what? I, I, ironically, I, I rode through, there's a little, there's like a, it's a, I mean, it's just an, not an office park, but it's like a, it's a place where, when you mentioned New York city, right? It's got, it's got a, it's got a Whole Foods in the bottom. It has, you know, different offices, got a Lululemon all through the bottom. you know it's just I, I'm trying to think of the word, but it, it's essentially it, it, it's an outside-ish, really upscale mall. And the point in me telling you this is when I, I had to go pick up food from there uh, on I think it was Sunday. And as a, my wife and I were driving through, we noticed in the middle of this of these you know this cool these cool buildings they've built uh that again have hotels and restaurants and so on and so forth. In the middle there's this gigantic piece of fake grass. And it doesn't really I mean you can tell it's fake grass, but there were I think we counted nine families families out hanging out, like having a picnic on Sunday afternoon
0: because they lived in a place like you just described. Yeah. I wanna I wanna I think this is a perfect transition for us to look at how people get in their own way. Right. Cause Mm. look, there are people that the situation is much more difficult than other people, right? Like where they live, their financial situation, you know, maybe their health can, who knows, right? In, in any time, there's always the spectrum of, of how much availability or options or privilege we have. And I think for people listening to this podcast, right. If you, I, I always say this, like if you don't have food, air, shelter, and water, you're not listening to this podcast. Like, is just, yeah. just not a priority for you. But if you are listening to this podcast, or most podcasts, you probably have your basic needs met, right? Because you're probably listening on an iPhone or a computer or something that you don't need to have that you want to have. And so you got your basic needs met, and you're, looking, and you're looking for entertainment, inspiration, learning something like that, which is above the basic hierarchy of you know, your basic needs. And... There's plenty of those. I know you see it, like people are getting in their own way, right? They got all these, they're depressed because, and they list all the excuses. And from outside, you could see that, hey, you could go outside, you could do a yoga class in your house, you could start a business. There's a million things. What have you noticed in what you do are ways that people get in their own way that come to work with you, whether it be on like, you know, video presence or, you know, sales?
1: Well, I mean, I can give you a great example. Actually, I just had um, a, it was a coaching call with one of my businesses that I coached this morning. Uh, it was a plumbing company and I coach all their sales guys, right? It's got, they've got 13 sales guys and they've got technicians, so on and so forth. This is how people get in their own way, uh, I think, is that one, I think people think that they know let me back up. I was gonna say people feel like they know everything, but sometimes I think it's almost a bigger uh obstacle if you if you think that you don't know when you really do know. And what I mean let me hopefully that made sense. You know, I'm pretty sure you understand that if you have a thought, that thought comes into, you know, turns into a thing, and that thing turns into a thought, and it's just a constant thing. And so when people get in their own way, it's kind of like that, right? It's a cycle. It's a, it seems like it's a never-ending cycle, And I can also tell you that I've been there, dude, I've been that guy that's been in my own way. Dude, when I was trying to start coaching, now keep in mind, I, I coached people in, you know on the gym floor and made great money for a decade, right? One would think I could coach you on sales because I've coached a million people in fitness, right? I had such a problem asking for money in charging people for what I was giving them as a coach because I didn't believe I was worth it. I didn't believe I didn't believe my knowledge was good enough for you to pay for. Now why did I believe that? Because I had a stupid thought. I'm smarter than most salespeople I know. And I'm not saying that egotistically. I'm just saying that because guess what? I've been in sales for 25 years in different, every kind of facet you can think of from owning multiple businesses to online businesses to, you know, uh, boots on the ground businesses, you name it. You have to sell in every single thing that you do, Alex. Everything. Hopefully that answers your question. I know I went off on a tangent
0: and hopefully... You you did, but you brought up something else too that I want to dig into more. Because what I what I heard you talk, what what I heard you get into was, you knew how to coach, but then money showed up, right? Money showed up as like an obstacle. Now money's just pieces of paper, digital things on a screen, or a piece of plastic. Money doesn't have any control over you, right? Which is, I love the conversation about money, but everybody makes money out to be this big monster that runs our lives and runs our world, only because we give it that power right we give it the ability to do that. it's not it doesn't have any say it's not it's not walking around on legs controlling you what what did you learn like about your relationship to money to have you shift that right because for you to be successful you had to get this money story out of your out of your space so what had to change
1: this is going to be a very simplistic answer (laughs) but i but i think it's going to be a very powerful answer because i got to tell you dude if it hadn't have been for this one thing, I don't know if I'd have gotten out of it. And that one thing was I was sitting on a boat with one of my RT brothers. And and I, and he said, you know, I, I, see, I see your stuff online. He was like, but I just don't really know what it is you do. And I'm like, really? I said, that, that's odd because I feel like I'm a pretty, I, I, I think I talk about my stuff a lot. And he was like, you don't talk about anything specific. And I said, well, he said, what do you do? I said, well, I mean, I'm trying to get into a coaching space. And he said, well, you, what do you want to coach on? I said, well, probably sales because that's what I'm best at. And he said, well, what what's the problem? I said, I don't know. And he said, do you not believe that you can help people? And I'm like, well, of course I can help people. He said, well, well then I, I I'm just confused as to, to, to where, where the block is. And he said, how much How much money you charge to people? I said, well, that's just it, dude. I'm having a problem charging people. And he said, well, <laughs> do they expect you to do it for free? And I said, I feel like they do. And he said, why would you feel that way? He said, you don't drive up to the drive-thru. I don't really go to the drive-thru. But if I were to go to the drive-thru, you don't drive up to the drive-thru and expect them to give you free food. And I'm like, well, yeah, that makes sense, And he was like, "Then why do you not value yourself enough to get paid and i said i "I don't know." He said, "Well, let me help you with that." And this is the kicker. We get on the phone and I explain all this stuff to him, all the reasons why I can't coach people, and he was like, "How about this, dude? You're going to pay me five grand, and I'm going to help you with this problem." He was like, "I'm not sure how." Because you've answered all the questions you've presented to me, so I don't know how I'm going to help you. You pay me, and I, and and I think that's the problem, or I think that's the solution. And the reality was, dude, that was the solution. I needed to pay him and see what this experience was like. And as soon as that happened, Alex, I, love that. I was
0: off to the races. It's, it's yeah, it was over. I, I, it's, it's, it's such a great example. I find, you know, often people I've coached some, I, I don't love coaching coaches and I don't mean that in like a, there's nothing wrong with coaches, but I, I often feel like there's a cannibalistic coaching culture where there's coaches that actually can't go out and get like real. Like I love that you said you have a plumbing, you know, a company, right? I, act, I actually do. I have a plumbing client also. Um, Who's a badass? Got his own company. It's growing, and I love that I get to work with people that are like, "Hey, I have a contractor who's a client. I have some lawyers who are clients. Like, I get to work with people that do all sorts of things, and I don't have to just go cannibalize other coaches that can't, you know, that can't get clients or whatever." Um, But one of the things that I often find is that coaches that are struggling when I get on, if if they do show up and want are looking for coaching, there's a common a common theme is they either don't have their own coach, right? They haven't had their own coach or they're not willing to pay for something that they're trying to get other people to pay for. So if they Mm. want to launch a course, they don't buy courses or they want people to hire them as a coach, but they won't actually hire you as a coach. I've had a few people over the course of my six years, I've been a full-time coach for six years and I've had a few people over that six years that show up, you know, every six months or so that want to talk to me. They want my help but they actually won't hire me, right? They'll kind of like, and, and the funny thing is they still can't create a business. And I hear that's what you're saying. It's like, wait a minute. You're not actually willing to, you're not willing to buy a hamburger, but you're trying to sell hamburgers to everyone. Why would somebody buy what you're not willing to buy? Right, dude. And that was just it. I've had so
1: many coaches help me, Alex, just like you said. I've had so many coaches help me, dude. And for free just trying to get me off you know, on the right track. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they were great, but the deal is this. And every time I've ever heard a coach say this until this shift happened for me, I always thought well, coaches say, you got to hire a coach or don't. you got, if it's not me. You got to hire somebody, but that is really, if you're being authentic, if you're being truthful, and if you can see that on somebody's face, I promise you that is the key is that, you know, the fact is you do need to pay for a coach if you're going to coach people because you need the experience. That's just my
0: opinion. Yeah. <laughs> what are my experience? You talk, so the, the other thing that you got me thinking about when you answered that question before was sales and how you're good at sales or better at sales than most people. What makes someone effective at sales versus someone who's not effective at sales? absolutely a great question. So I think that,
1: so there's several things, right? So some folks, I think, want to be good in sales, and they're just not. And, and, and lots of times you can't teach sales. Let me tell you the three, the three biggest things that I believe are the, break, the deal breakers or the deal makers in sales, and that's how you build rapport with that person. And what I mean by that, for folks who don't understand rapport or don't know what, the, what I mean by that, is that you have to find people that, you, that, that know you, that like you, that trust you. You have to exude energy that they want, right? You want to show your client exactly, or, or you want to show, if you're in sales, you want to show your client or your uh, customer that you really care about them. And you do that through tonality which is tonality is the ups and downs in your voice. If I go, oh my God, I'm so excited. And then you go down to this, that's considered tonality. And uh, body language is literally where you're moving your hands and your facial expressions. And and then you've got words, which is like seven or 8%, I think it's 7% of that whole total. So think about this, Alex, right? When you send an email out, all I see is words how effective is that seeing as how 55% is body language 37 i think percent is tonality and the other 7% if i did that math right maybe it's 38% uh, but so this other 7% is words so when you send an email or a linkedin message how really effective is that now here's the key if you send a message that has a video emailing it or a video of you talking to your client or your potential client, people are blown away when they get that because then they get the whole picture. They get the body language, they get the tonality, they get the excitement, they get everything that they would get in person. So why would somebody send an email? I, I, I don't understand without a video
0: why somebody would do that. I love that. I think too, there's some people that have a knack for writing that, you know, people that write copy really well do it, you know, but not most people do not write an email that you can really get them through it. You get a bunch of words, but it's up to you, right? You read the email in the way that you think they sound. It's made up, right? You put their tone, their voice. It's uh, it's why it's best not to like have intense communication over text message, Right? You don't want to be fighting with your wife, your boyfriend, your partner, whoever, over text message. It's the worst because you're making up like all this tonality and expression and what they mean instead of actually like hearing their voice, hearing their tone, right? Like, and I, I love that you say um, rapport. What I hear rapport as I talk about it as being, like who are you being? How do you show up in a room, in a space. You can't do you can't do kindness. That's not a thing, but you can be kind. You can't do love, but you can be loving. Right? We can and I think that there's like these things, even you can't even do power. That's not even a like how do you do power? But you can be powerful. And and that's what I hear when you're saying is like, hey, sales is really a lot more about how you show up and who you're being than what you're selling or what you're specifically saying, right? Oh, right? And Alex, I do want to hit on one little thing about sales. In fact, I
1: just did my IG story on this this morning, and this is the thing, Alex. A lot of people feel like salespeople are shady. A lot of people think that salespeople are going are out to to do to screw them over or to get one over on them or to sell them something they don't need, and that's just not true. And guess what? The old car salesman uh, idea that people have when they hear salesperson, and if you're a car salesman, I'm not knocking you, dude. I'm just what I'm saying is like people think of that shady old small car lot salesperson when they think of a salesperson. But listen, I need this is what I want your listeners to really understand if they haven't heard anything else today is that. When somebody's trying to sell you something, typically, if their intent is to sell you something that you need, right, they're selling you that because they want you to go and use it. Now, whether that's my product or service, your product or service, or or, or an oil change for your car, it doesn't really matter what the product or service is. The person is providing that for you so you don't have issues down the road, or so you get better, and that could go either way, right? I mean, and that's what I believe.
0: Well, I think, I think there's the two things that there's like someone that like kind of shady car salesman or like old school say, you know, salesperson that maybe comes to your door or whatever, whatever people have in their mind. I think that's the a thing people have to get past. Like you actually have to do the work to go, Hey, what's my relationship to sales? What are the stories in my head about sales? You know, what did I learn as a kid about sales? You know, did, were there salespeople knocking on the door? Were there salespeople trying to sell to my parents? Were my parents salespeople? What did we get sold that we didn't need? If you do this work, you can like clean up the space and then you can create sales how you want. I think there's kind of two different kinds, right? If you short, if you're short term sales, then you don't care the experience of the client because you're just trying to get a quick buck. Right. But if you are, what you're saying or who I am when I'm selling, whether it be a coaching program or as a coach, I want people to be successful. If they're not, it doesn't help me. I only have a, a practice that's so big, right? I don't have a hundred clients at one time. It's really quality over quantity in a, in, a, in a coaching practice. Now, unless you're doing like selling programs or something, I need my clients to love the work that we do. I need them to get value out of it because I need them to tell the next person who's going to work with me after they leave. Um, and I think that's a the thing that people can ask themselves is, if they're in sales, are they selling for the long-term or are they selling to make the quick buck? If it's for the quick buck, they're probably doing shady sales. <laughs> um, and you can, I think you can ask that with somebody else, like who's the person you're buying from? is this a long time reputable? Do you know people? What's their experience? It's not hard to figure out if somebody's, you know, not reputable or not most, especially in the world we live in with all the information we have.
1: You're absolutely right. A thousand percent. And that goes back to rapport. You buy from people that you know, like, and trust. And when you, and that's this is actually the same conversation similar that I had with the guy this morning, he's bringing on a new, Sales guy and his sales guys currently are not doing that great, and so I said, "Look, dude, this is you need to befriend this guy, make him your best friend because he'll be your ally, and then he'll he'll go crush these guys, and you'll be the hero." And that's really, you know, a a lot of salespeople want to be a hero, right? They want to be the hero, but that's not the deal. Your customer is the hero, not you. And if you're in sales and you're listening to this podcast, Think about that for a second, because if you don't put yourself in your client's position, they're not going to receive what you're trying to sell them or what you're trying to help them with. You've got to sell them what they're, maybe you sell them what they want and give them what they
0: need. I love that. I love the them what they want and give them what they need. Often what people come to me for is not what they think, right? They're like, come to me because they want more money. And then what they, what they actually need is to like love themselves more because if they love themselves more, they'd be able to go make more money. When I say love themselves, like confidence, believe in themselves, like, you know. Um, but often we have to give them that thing first. But if I told them, hey, come hire me so you can like yourself more and love yourself more, they'd be like, no, I want more money. And sometimes it's the opposite, right? They want that. And it's actually the thing, they, the, the money is the thing because they've not, they've not been like earning their worth or whatnot. Um, and, and you're the guy that connects the dots. Well, I mean, you know, I think, um, I think there's two, I love, one of the things I love about being a coach, and I, and I think I hear this in you too, is sometimes we do get to connect the dots. Sometimes it's like, hey, I noticed this, this, and this. And sometimes they, because of the questions we ask them, they connect the dots, which I think is even better, right? When you figure something out for yourself, it's way more powerful than when somebody gives it to you.
1: For sure. And and when I say connect the dots, you're right. Like sometimes it's not, it doesn't it's not a connect the dots. Like, Hey, by the way, uh, John, this is, see, notice X, Y, Z. And that's what helps, helps with down here with X, Y, Z. I not mean like that. I mean, you're just the guy that uncovers these things for them and they don't even really necessarily know it's you. You know, they don't know, you're the reason that they started to realize, oh, wow, the trees look beautiful today. That's because maybe you woke up loving yourself, right?
0: And they don't put that together necessarily. What about, let's talk about fear. I know, you know, fear comes up a lot for people when they're in sales. Fear comes up a lot for people in speaking, right? Fear is the number one, sorry, not fear. Public speaking is the number one Uh, fear that like, I don't know if it's Americans or just all people have, which is insane that that's like the scariest thing. (laughs) Um, what do you, I'd be curious to know what's, what's the, a fear you've overcome that's that's supported you to be successful, but how do you support people to overcome their fears when also when you're working with them, um, either in sales or in, uh, you know, video,
1: you know, I'll, so i'll give you a personal experience and then and then we'll talk about something in business uh so one thing that I'll, I'll i'll give you a recent experience um i don't even know if i i guess i can say this on here um i recently just went and did two ayahuasca experiences journeys
0: please yes uh, please share this i really want to do ayahuasca yeah <laughs> so so,
1: yes, so Okay, this is the deal with Iowa. So, first of all, it is super scary because you don't really know exactly what you're walking into. You drink this god-awful Amazon, Am- Amazonian tea that are made from these plants that you've never heard of, but there's something calling you, right? There's something saying, Corey, you need to go do this. You you don't and You don't even have a really good, clear explanation why, you just know there's something spiritual calling you and you drink this medicine. And, and for me, um, I looked around as after I drank the medicine, I looked around and the first night I fell asleep. The second day I was looking around. I'm like, I'm comparing myself to everybody in this area. Right. We're at, And we're outside. It's very similar to, to the day like today. Um, And I'm sitting there on all fours, throwing my guts up, right? I'm not painting a very good picture so far of this. Um, And I'm looking around and I'm like, why am I not like screaming? Why am I not crying? Why am I not laughing? Why am I not flailing around like a crazy person? And then I realized, I'm like, you do this in everyday life, Corey. You compare yourself to everybody around you you have to stop doing that. In fact, you came down here for you, not for everybody else. So pay attention to you for once. This is a conversation I'm having with mother ayahuasca, just like I'm having with you. And, and so I'll fast forward through that experience. I held on super tight because I was so scared. I held on so tight that the medicine really didn't work the first time. Mm-hmm. So I went back the second time and as you mentioned, I host Successful Life podcast. I interviewed the medical director and the guy and the the psychologist or psychiatrist on staff at this place where I went called SoulQuest Ayahuasca in Florida, in Orlando. And and I, and what was great about that, and you'll understand this, is I got to interview the medical director, twice. And the reason I had to interview him twice is because my videographer, the card went out and she had to step away. The card went out and the interview's the way to do it over. But the reason I tell you that part of it is I needed to hear what he said again because I didn't get it the first time. And that thing was, Corey, you know what? Just let the medicine do its thing. Like, you don't have to try to control everything tonight. And it hit me at the time, once again, that night, held on, tried to control everything, and simply because I didn't want to throw up, Alex, I'm being honest with you. And the next morning, I'm like, you know what? I am not doing that again. I'm going to do exactly what they say. I'm going to lay down on my mat with my eyes covered, and I'm going to talk to Mother Ayahuasca and just say, hey, I need you come into my body and do whatever it is you came here to do and i am not going to interfere with you and i probably had to say that 15 different times and alex when i finally let go i just took off and what i mean by that is you go i don't mean like i didn't levitate but like you feel you're just in a different world right you're in a different dimension it's a, psych, it's a psychedelic and you don't go down there for the psychedelic experience. That's what I went for the first time. I didn't go down there for the spiritual part. I thought I was, but I wasn't. And that's when all the, the, the psychedelic stuff started coming into play. But this is another thing, So, and this is so, I think this is super cool um, So, and a little bit personal. So I'm sitting on the toilet because it makes you either throw up or go to the bathroom.
0: This is good. I've never never had a toilet conversation. So please, let's (laughs) roll
1: with this. Dude, so I'm sitting there, and I'm on the toilet. I'm looking at the – actually, they have a like the the, the stall or shout, whatever the hell it is, the, the curtain. And I'm like, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And, again, this voice comes down, and they're like, you need to be, Corey, sit here. Be with the medicine. You try to rush everything in your life. You need to be more patient. And like, I mean, it was like nothing. Oh, but this was the kicker right here. The next experience, which was the last one of the weekend, was that night. And Mother Ayahuasca said to me, Corey, you undervalue yourself. You have so much to offer people. And you believe in your heart that they don't want to hear it. And I'm like, what the? What? I'm like this is not me, and and the reality it was me, it was me, and I didn't want to look at it, and that was scary. That was scary to think that uh, one. I got to be patient while I'm on the toilet, I guess, uh and and then secondly, the, the the fact that I I don't know my value. Well, then what am I doing, right? I mean, I just uh, it was so mind boggling and. <clears throat> And so the other thing, uh, that, that's more of a personal story, um, as, far as, bu- as far as business goes, man, listen, in sales, if you're scared, your client or customer knows you're scared. They can feel the uh, scarcity. They can feel the lack of confidence. They can feel the fact that you don't believe in yourself. And guess how effective you're going to be? Alex, if you're coaching me and I think you're full of shit, do you really think I'm going to receive what you're telling me? No. Yeah. No. And I th- so, yeah, go ahead, dude.
0: Well, Sorry. no, I just, I think what you just said, I just want to hit on that. Like, I, I think people, we don't even always recognize that the customer or the client can pick up on it right? We think we, you know, I remember when I started having conversations to get people to, to work with me in my business and I was terrified, but I thought I was coming off confident. And I think what the thing that happens is, is I was faking it, right? I was like, it was like the fake it till you make it right. So I was pretending to be confident. I was pretending to be you know, experience, which I wasn't, I was a good coach, but I didn't, I I hadn't been doing it long enough to be experienced. And um, so I was afraid, like anything new, you know, I was afraid to fail, to look bad, to make a mistake. And I think in trying to fake the confidence, what ends up happening is you're not authentic. So the client might not be like, whoa, Alex is scared, but they know that there's something, there's something that's not right. And they whether they, they know it consciously or subconsciously, because now when you look, and I'm sure you've seen this from when you started doing your coaching, your sales coaching or consulting, or even speaking to now, it's the, the things that I might be saying to someone might be the exact same way, but the way they're responding to how I'm bringing it is completely different.
1: Which ties right into what? Body language, tonality, the words you use. I mean, here's... This is, you know, and I learned, I wish I could take credit for this, but I want to, I'll share this with you. This is one of my favorite things on the planet to use in sales is I say, and I can't tell you that I I didn't do this, right? Cole Hatter's the one taught me this. And so I've got to give him credit. I don't know where he got it from, but, but what I learned from him, it's called wordsmithing, right? Alex, you want to be on my podcast because you're going to enjoy the results that you get from Being published with a hundred thousand people watching, right? Do you see what I did there? You may or may not have seen what I did there. Most people say, Alex, you have to be on my podcast because it's the best podcast on the planet and you're going to get a lot of visibility. The difference there was I said, Alex, you want to be on my podcast and you're going to enjoy the results you get from being on there. So It's just a trick on words, but it's a very different conversation, right? And people don't want to be told what to do. I know I don't. I don't like to be told what to do. I mean, I I, I just don't. And maybe that's just me. I don't know. But I would much rather say to me, somebody say to me, hey, Corey, do you want to do this? Or Corey, you have to do this. It's a very different conversation. So
0: before we leave this completely, what did you, but was there, is there anything else about the ayahuasca experience? This is just me personally wanting to know, because like I said, yeah, is there anything else that you took away from that experience that just like has been the game changer for you personally? I would say so. so. So yeah, absolutely. So a couple
1: of things. One, after, I do have to tell you this, after you go through the experience, that week afterwards um, is you're in kind of a, a weird place for the lack of better words, you're just kind of in a, I don't know what happened last weekend. I mean, I know I was there. I know what happened, but mentally I don't, something's just not quite, I'm a little foggy. Right. And so you got to make space for that, that time, uh, to kind of come out of that thing. And it's called integration. And you have to integrate from this loving, peaceful, amazing place that just when you step foot on the property, take your shoes off and you just feel like I could stay here forever. And then you get on a plane with a crying baby and people screaming over all the crazy stuff that's going on. And boy, that takes you right on out of that. You know what I mean? So to answer your question, that was, that's one thing, one part of the experience, but overall it was amazing. And I think if someone is called to do ayahuasca, they should go do it. And if you're called to, you know, whatever else plant medicine, I, I think you should do it. Uh, uh, you know, as long as it's under the guidelines that you need to do them under, whatever that means. I where I did mine, it was legal, it was safe. I, there was doctors there. There were there were people there to help you. But I will say that it gave it gave me a deeper spiritual connection it gave me it really implanted a little more love in my heart for other
0: people I think is what it did I I, I like I like what you said it's it's not like you're just like doing a line or smoking a blunt like sitting on your couch or you know or going to a bar and getting drunk typically we do those things as a way to escape as a way to not deal or as maybe a way to have fun Right? We're like, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to have fun, party tonight or something. And I, I, I'm very intrigued by something like ayahuasca or plant medicine because that's not why we do it. We're not doing it because like we're going to rage or party or we want to avoid how we feel. We're actually doing it because we want to go deeper into ourselves, which is terrifying. And the, it kind of makes, you know, you talked about the purging, right? There's a lot of that that goes on. But you also do it with like a guide. It's a completely different experience for people that are like, oh, it's like a drug. You know, I never, yeah. um, I never, I never got drunk and went and, and walked through a forest and sat in nature, you know, and like looked <laughs> yeah. at the trees. But when I've done mushrooms, every time I've only done mushrooms and gone into a forest for a few hours, sat on the beach for a few hours. And the whole time was about like looking at other humans and connecting to other humans or connecting to nature, which was, it was not about like partying or avoiding feelings. It was actually to get more aware of how I was feeling or things about myself. Um, thanks for-
1: Yeah, Alex, that's so true. And I just, I just wanted to say, that you know, you're, you're right. And I want to debunk this myth about psychedelics and about you know plant medicine, mushrooms, ayahuasca, even LSD for that matter. The fact is, is these, if you have the right intention, which is exactly what you were just saying, if you have the right intention when you take these medicines, when you and you and you go into the forest and you hang out with the trees, and that's the point of you taking the medicine, you're right. You are going to go deeper and it will be a spiritual experience. Uh, unlike anything you've ever had, but you're not going to see, you know, dinosaurs crawling through the same woods that you're in, and you're not going to see Alice Cooper drop down and start playing the guitar, or, you know, the VW bus driving around in a circle around you. These things don't, you might see a a few crazy, uh, you know, visuals, but you're not going to see anything like that. At least my experience has been that, and I've, I've done a lot of psychedelic psychedelic so
0: you know (laughs) well thanks for bringing it up here I know when you started talking about it you were like I don't know if I can talk about this here (laughs) but it's perfect um okay as we're we're this time like flew by I have I kind of have one more question for you but it's going to be kind of like a two-parter and then um and we'll wrap up from here I know I, I shared with, you know, you're part of this private group with Andy Frasilla and Ed Milet. I'm curious what the number one thing that you've taken away from being in that community has been for you. Um, and if you want to leave, and then if you want to roll right into what you want to, if you want to leave the listeners with anything, I'd love sure. to give you that space. So
1: the Arte Syndicate is a group led by Andy, uh, Andy Frasilla, who is the founder and current owner of first form uh nutritional products, which are amazing and and Ed Milette is he's he's a speaker he you know he's a financial guru he's worth a half a billion dollars um and what I get to learn from these guys is I get their first hand experience literally at minimum twice a week I hear from one of well every month I hear from both of these guys directly talking to our private group about things that they have done in business, not, uh, not, not things like, Oh, I built X, Y, Z business, things that are tactical things that we can take into our own businesses and implement and use. And I'll, i I got to tell you, dude, I mean, I've been a part of the syndicate for, uh, I don't know, a year and a half going on two years and, and never, I think I've missed one call. And let me explain it was a really good reason why I missed the call. I was on Brad Lee's podcast two weeks ago and in Vegas, and that's why I missed the call so but otherwise, dude, I don't miss those calls because they are so unbelievably valuable uh because of the information that they give and it could be here's a great example right so being connected with these guys and this didn't this didn't affect me personally, but like they I guess the government um, opened up more PPP money, right? And and I don't know all the facts of this because I, I wasn't that deep into it. Uh, it was a second round. And we found out before the whole country found out because of one of the guys that we're connected with. And that's pretty damn cool, dude. Even though it didn't personally affect me, I didn't use that information for me but it was really cool to know that we got that information before anybody else. You know what I mean? And so the other part to the RK syndicate that I love is, dude, people are every, most of the people, 99% of the people in there are like me. They want to help you. They want you to, they want to see you do good. They want to see you excel. They want to see you make more money. They want to see you, you know, grow. And I love that because that's how I am. And so I love being around like-minded people. I don't remember the second
0: part of the question. What do you want to leave the listeners with? Yeah, like any, anything you want, take a soapbox moment and just, I mean, if there is anything you want to leave, like my listeners with, you want to, I often say to people like, hey, something you haven't been asked or haven't been able to talk about that you've been wanting to.
1: So um, something that I have not been able to talk about that I would like to well I would say there's not a lot of that because I own my own business and I I do get to talk to people a lot but if I could leave your listeners with one thing it would be this you know when you're if you're a genuine person if you're an authentic person and you show that through whatever it is you're doing whether you're uh, serving french fries at chick-fil-a which you know if you bring up chick-fil-a if you've ever been through a chick-fil-a you know that they have literally the best customer service on the planet It's stuff like that that makes an impact in the world. And it helps to make people have a better day. And right now in everything that we're in, people need a better day. People need something positive. And guess what, dude? A smile, just a smile. You did not have to say anything. Just a smile can make somebody's day turn completely around. And I'm sure, Alex, you've had that happen. I'm sure you've had an awful day. And somebody walked by and they just smiled at you. Or they said, I like your shirt, shoes, hair, whatever. And that makes somebody's day. And that to me is exciting. I like making people's day. I like making people feel good, right? Um, so if I could leave your listeners with one thing, make somebody feel good today. Say something nice to somebody. You know, be a good person.
0: Yeah, that's great. I love, there's there's like simple ways you can do stuff like this too. Obviously you can just say, you know, I was, uh, I was walking with a friend recently and a woman, random older woman walks past and she says to my friend, I love your dress. And she lit up, like it was, you know what I mean? Like, and, and I just watched it. It was like, wow, like that little compliment, right? And like, who knows? But I think about that, like you can easily little compliments to people can change their day or their life. And you have no idea what they're going through or how it impacts them. My friend was actually really insecure about what she was wearing. So it was pretty amazing that it happened. Um, but I think the other one is like, you know, I love, it's like when you're in the drive through or something, you know, if you can, if you have the means, it's like you buy the food for the person after you, or you buy the coffee for the next person. Um, if you, you know, you hold doors. I love, it always feels funny when you hold the door for someone and they're kind of farther away than you normally would hold the door. And then they're like, and they start running and you're like, you don't take your time. Like, you know, I'll say to somebody like, I got all the time in the world, take your time. And people are like, you have all the time in the world. I'm like, yep, we're good, you know? And I think those little, those little moments, it's like what there's 9 billion people in the world. If everybody did something like that once a day, it would be a game changer, right? We wouldn't have to meditate for extra time <laughs> to, to get our shit together. So true, Alex. I, here's another thing that I would love,
1: our, you know, your listeners to do. If you go shopping at a grocery store, put your damn cart back, dude. And if you see a cart that's in the middle of the parking lot <laughs> and it's getting ready to hit somebody's car, just go get it and put it back. It's Like, it's, it's not a big deal.
0: That's so funny. I I, I made it. It's funny. I made a video like probably two years ago about, it's like the litmus test for how good you are as a person. And it's actually, I mean, it's that's not really true. But, um, but I think about that all the time. Like, it's not that hard. You're not like. It's not like you're at a sporting event where you got to walk a mile to get to your car to the place. It's like ten feet, twenty feet, thirty feet. You know, it's 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 less than a minute that you, you are giving even- up to do basically the right thing yeah and here's an even shorter distance
1: men listen up wipe the piss off the seat (laughs) it's right there like this is not rocket science folks wipe the pee off the seats that's simple dude come on and don't pee on the seat to begin with like simple shit dude that people just and that kind of thing could leave somebody or put somebody in the exact opposite day that we were just talking
0: about, you know? Like, it's, just be a good funny. human. It doesn't even, you know, it's, there's, too, we, don't, we don't even always recognize the thing that was done, right? If you walked in to use, I love to use the bathroom again, but if you walk into a bathroom and the, it's clean, you don't reckon, necessarily go get excited about that. You, I think we hope, that's just what we hope that it is but if it isn't if it's gross if it's dirty if if p- other people haven't you know have made a mess of it it can be like really upsetting so i think we don't always realize that hey you might not always get credit for like the the positive things but when you when it's the negative there's an impact that sometimes can be like detrimental to someone's day or someone's life and Sometimes the positive we get credit for, it makes people feel good. And sometimes it just has us avoid the negative consequence and we don't even realize that it happened. Um, Corey, thank you so much, man. Thanks for being here. Thanks for sharing uh, some personal stuff around ayahuasca, around your bathroom habits and experiences. Um, I think you're the first person to talk about being on the toilet multiple times on this podcast. So uh, I should start. I'm gonna get some awards and start sending them out to people. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and thanks for sharing your experiences with fear, with sales, with uh, guys like Ed Milad and Andy Frasilla. Um, yeah, and I, I love that you you know you're an advocate for people to, like doing the work. Like you're not just, hey, I'm out here trying to sell something. Like I'm doing the same thing. I'm I'm working with other people to do, which to me is. Is, is huge because there's so many people not there, you know, they're selling something that they don't even do themselves and that they're not committed to themselves. Uh, how can people find you, reach out to you? What's the, what are the best ways? Sure. So I, you know, I don't stay on Facebook very
1: much, so I wouldn't go there. Uh, I would, I would go, you know, just go to Instagram at C O R E Y B as in boy E R R I E R. I like to refer to that. It sounds like Perrier, the water with a B. And but except for you don't pronounce it Perrier, you pronounce it Barrier. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, and I know on your on your Instagram, you got like tons of videos and tips, and there's valuable information. And your podcast is called the Successful Life Podcast, and people should go check that out. Um, yeah, it, actually, it's called yeah. So
1: it's just there is no the. Uh, it's just if you look it up, it's Successful Life Podcast. But uh, yeah. I just like to tell people that because then no. you could throw people off. Anyway, it's, yeah,
0: go no, forward. it's important. I found out the hard you know I found out the hard way if you type in Dream Mason on iTunes and the and you make Dream Mason two words, you can't find the Dream Mason podcast. Oh like it's, man, it's, it's so you you learn lessons right. You also learn lessons like. You invent a word called dream mason, which is really cool, and you trademark it and whatnot, but nobody's searching that. So you don't ever come up randomly. (laughs) (laughs) So there's some, it's like there's there's credits to be given for creativity, and also there's challenges with creativity. Hey, man, uh, thanks for doing this. Thanks for spending some time outside and setting an example for getting out in nature. And, um, you know, have a good rest of your 2020.
1: Yes. Thank you, Alex. I appreciate
0: coming on, man. Thank you. Take care. Uh, and for everybody listening please share this podcast with a friend who do you know in sales or who's a speaker or maybe someone in fear maybe someone who needs to do ayahuasca that needs to hear this podcast please share it with them uh let them know to check it out like subscribe all those kind good things and uh maybe you'll be behind me at a line at a coffee place and uh, i'll buy you a cup of coffee and you won't even know what happened uh thanks for listening i'll see you next time thanks for listening Honestly, I'm just a rebel who found a cause and has a dream, and I'm super grateful for your support. If you got anything from this, please help me out and share this podcast with one person today. You can find me at thedreammason.com or at inspirationalalex on Instagram. You are a dream mason because your dreams don't build themselves.